Hi, this is Pat Gleason, artist on Batman and Robin, and you are listening to Top 5 Podcasts. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master of disaster, Josh45. What's up? And CBS. How you guys doing? Expecting an answer? No, not really. Uh, see, today we're going to be doing episode number 136. And we're going to be reviewing uh, some Young Justice. And we're talking about the uh, 2019 series. Mostly about like issues 7 to around 13, 14. So kind of just have run over the series a little bit. Um, basically what we're going to be going over. Not a whole lot of new stuff in the world. We're currently under the COVID quarantine in the world. So uh, at this point, both the major publishers, well, all the publishers actually, are currently uh, on hold with release on books. Um, Diamond itself is also closed due to the COVID. So as a thing, there's not a whole lot going on outside. As far as work on books, the way we understand it, at some point, hopefully, May, things are coming back out. Hopefully sooner, actually. Only real piece of new stuff that I really saw is that, so Denver Comic Con has pushed back their date. Uh, they've rescheduled themselves to a date that's, yeah, I would say more infuriating, but, I mean, we do like that show, so as a thing, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but they, yeah, currently they've canceled the 2020 July um, Denver Comic Con, or Denver Pop Culture Con, excuse me. And we've rescheduled it now for the weekend of uh, Thanksgiving in November. So, I guess we'll see how that goes. At least for now. I mean, date-wise, I guess if tomorrow there's a cure, then maybe that'll change. Or not. So there's that. I think just the rescheduling point is like, even if, let's say it's cured tomorrow, like even that fact, it's just other things are booked certain weekends, so they have to the next available weekend. Everything's rescheduled now, that's kind of why. It's not like they chose that weekend. As far as the statement they released, that was the date that was available. So um, as a thing, I don't know if July 4th was their first choice either originally, but as a thing, yeah, the way the world is right now, it's hard to say what's going to happen with that. But we'll see, um, as a thing's concerned. So yeah, there's that. Um, do you have anything over there at 45? Want to say the news thing? Yeah, anything? Are you going to say what's in the news? Well, we kind of already did that. What's in the news? What's in the news, Josh? I'm just kidding. Um, there's just some feel-good things that I wanted to bring up. Um, just a couple little shout-outs. A lot of people are doing cool things like this, but a couple. Um, one that I like, um, Donnie... Um, Kate's, uh, that's currently working on Venom. He's offering it to an all independent artists. He just threw it out there. He said, Hey, I'm a big fan of Miracle Man. So if you, get, and I collect commissions of him. So if any independent artists out there that are struggling need some extra cash right now, um, I'll pay you for commissions of Miracle Man. And then also, um, Rob Layfield is auctioning off art specifically for struggling comic book stores. Um, I think you can just check out like, his website or his Twitter and all that stuff and see. I know you're a big Layfield fan, so I thought I'd throw that in there, but, um, I, I don't like his art, but 
I never said he was a bad guy. So Jim Lee is doing some auction stuff too, like that. To help. Just a lot of different artists doing that. Like guys that have money, like trying to help out independent like stores. You know, I know I, know I saw Stan Sakai doing some stuff too. Like, I mean, just a bunch of really cool people just trying to support an industry that um, just in general is kind of struggling. It's becoming more of an, a, a niche thing, but. Yeah, that's, that's news-wise cool. is not. Doesn't, I mean, that's why we're doing Young Justice today. I think is just because it's a cool like book right now on in a different kind of wavelength that you don't have to read a ton of other books to know what's going on in this book. So it's just like a really fun. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of its own monster as far as books are concerned. It, it is leading to a crossover with Amethyst and the Wonder Twins, but at this point, who who has any idea when that'll happen? As far as like other pieces of news, there's there's a company doing an online con. Um, called, I think it's called Mainframe, or, uh, it's supposed to be the end of April. I've seen a batch of artists that are signed on to do things for it, so, Ashley Widner is, uh, Ashley, Ashley Woodard is one of those that's signed up for it, and she's fantastic. It's a Squares artist, um, and, and a whole bunch of, uh, Dr. Alpha covers. So I saw it originally, first place I saw it was on her, uh, on Facebook, she had posted something about it, so, I think that's cool. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I guess it's the uh, the company putting it on is doing it through their website and their comic book store themselves. So don't totally understand what that's supposed to be. But um, I guess if you Google it, you'll find some more information about it. So I do think that's neat. I wish I knew more, but I don't. So other than that... And I also saw that Kevin Conroy is, is going to live read DC's Batman The Adventures Continue. That's really cool. I don't know what what where that's going to be posted or what, but um, oh, it's an event that's scheduled to take place on Thursday, April 9th, So we're recording this on the eighth, so it'll be out by the time this comes out. Yeah, just to date it, but that'd be cool to go take a listen to that for sure. Well, so, issue the first issue was supposed to drop during this whole COVID thing, it'll, so it'll be on DC's Instagram page. So I think that probably be like the Instagram like video like. Us, uh, Instagram TV or whatever, because it's long mm. enough, so it'll be. That's cool. Well, the book itself, I guess it'd be interesting to see what they put up on the, on the screen or for, for it. It'll probably be him sitting there, I'd assume. Probably. So you could like watch him read it, but also then you could like look at your book and read along. Well, but the book's not out yet. That's the problem. Oh. Batman Adventures Continues number one was supposed to drop during this whole COVID thing, and now it's been pushed back. I see what you're saying. So release wise, it's not actually, actually, I was looking at it earlier today for, for Roger, one of the guys at the store. It called me up on, so I was chit chatting with him, trying to figure out when it's supposed to release and the date on it. I feel like it was pushed back sometime in May. But now I don't remember what date it was. Um, gosh. I thought if I thought about it for a minute, I might remember what, what, what I texted him, but I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah, so the book itself, at this point, is in the trapped lash of this COVID stuff. But that's cool. I mean, if they do that, I mean, Conway reading it makes perfect sense. Because he's Batman. It's freaking awesome. And then one bit of, like, irritating news, um, Todd McFarlane launched a Kickstarter f- to re-release the original Spawn toy, but with multiple heads, like an update version of it, and I'm like, he owns McFarlane, to- he owns a toy company, Right. why does he need to do a Kickstarter? Movies are expensive, man. He, what? he wants to make the most expensive Spawn movie he can make. No, it's not a movie. No, he's raising funds for the movie. 
I'm sure that's what this is. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not even that into Spawn anyway, so I don't really care. I just, as a fan of action figures, I was like, what? Like, I'm, g- I'm gonna put my, my money into Kickstarters of independent companies that I really support, like Boss Fight or, you know, things like that. Sure. Um, people that I just really believe in. So, um. Yeah, it is a little weird property wise. Like, like, like the new way. Eagle Force that's coming out soon. I put some money into that, so. Cool. Yeah, Kickstarter's a weird place, man. For some stuff. Anyway. So yeah, Young Justice, huh? Yeah, Young Justice, huh? Um, so like, Young Justice originally, the their first issue debuted back in 1989. Sorry, 1998, excuse me. 1998, um, was created by, uh, Artist Todd Nock and uh, writer Todd Dezago. Dezago? It's D-E-Z-A-G-O. Sorry, I don't know how to say your name, man, but awesome, because Young Justice was great back then. It's great now, too. Um, as far as, like, the current books, right now we have Brian Michael Bendis writing the series. Uh, issues 1 through 6, Pat Gleason did the art for a majority of it. I feel like 6 had him and somebody else on there. It was before he switched over to Marvel, so this is one of the last entries he would have had prior to his contract changing place and moving companies. Um, but that awesome guy, friend of the show, fantastic artist. He's amazing. So his first six issues just brilliant. Not that the other stuff's bad, because we have Tim's on it, and we've had a handful of other artists, too, and like some of it's done story element-wise, and some of it's just who took over the book. So um, as far as series are concerned, Bendis has also been writing the uh, Wonder Twins and the Amethyst series. And uh, they're from the... Uh, Wonder comic imprint over DC. So, it's another side imprint that they've got going on. The cool thing about this book that I like a lot is that you don't have to have read a bunch of other things going on. Like, since the New 52, a bunch of these characters didn't exist for a while. And then when they did exist, they were drastically different. True. And not in a good way. I mean, mostly true. You've heard me bitch on this podcast multiple times about how they they trashed a bunch of really cool characters. Oh, I mean, there's a few of them that were... I mean, one in particular for this particular show, but yes. Well, Connor can't as well as disappeared. Connor just didn't exist. But they, neither did a spoiler, neither did uh, Arrowhead, neither did Impulse. I mean, we had a Superboy, it was a totally different Superboy. Yeah, he was like a... Clone from the future of the son of Lois Lane and Clark, or yeah, Lois Lane and Clark Kent. It's dead body transported back in time and then cloned. It was messy. Is that the one with the black, all black within the red? Yeah. The thing that was cool with that storyline is we did get a couple characters from uh, Gen 13. I mean, Fairchild was one of the doctors working on him, and turned out she was also one of them, bazillion clones, maybe. We get grunge in there for a minute. So, like, we had some cool stuff come out of it. Not anything that, at this point, fits anywhere or matters. But see, the cool thing about a lot of these characters is that they're, like, misfit characters that have really cool stories. Like, Connor Kent is a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. So, it's, like, two of the the greatest adversaries in comic book history... They have a son, basically, together. Which is bizarre when you say it that way. But uh, when he showed up in Reign of the Superman, it was a secret, and we had no idea until eventually it got explained later. It was really pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And and then you have 
Tim Drake, who I've expressed my love for Tim Drake multiple times on this podcast. Sure. He wasn't born into it like Damien. You know, he wasn't adopted because his parents died like Dick. I mean, I guess Jason Todd has his, like, you know, Batman took him under his wing because he was just some, like, street hood kid who needed, like, some guidance. But Tim, like, earned it, earned it. Like, Batman didn't feel bad for Tim. Tim figured out Batman's secret identity on his own through keen detection skills. On his own. Right. And, like, earned his Batman's respect completely on his own. He basically forced his way in, is the truth. Batman didn't want him. Yeah. And as it, as far as all the Robins go, they all have their place. Right. I think they're all like a, in my head, I, I think of them all have their own, like Batman is a little bit of all of them. Like he right. sees a little bit of himself in each of them. And I think like there's not very many greater detectives than Tim. Batman might be one of the only ones like uh, before the whole new 52 thing happened, like Tim was a brilliant detective. Right. Well, as far as, like you were saying, the different elements for each character, I mean, Grayson's probably the closest to a mix for all of it, but Jason's the rage. Well, Jason and Damien both, I guess, now. What it used to be prior to Damien was Jason would be the rage, Tim was the detection, and Grayson would be the athletics and the agility. Now it's a little more gray because we have Damien in there, too, and he's a decent mix match of all of them, but Tim was always the the detective element, as far as, like, which piece of Batman he was. New 52, yeah, we changed his backstory a little bit. He still was a good detective, he just didn't ever get to shine, and, like, the books that he was in, he did fine the books he was in, but the weirdness of his backstory made him more angsty like Jason, which wasn't ever a thing for for Drake. Right. And they, so like, it was they, weird. they took away the whole thing where, like, his dad got killed by Captain Boomerang. Oh, yeah. Like, backstory-wise, where he came from originally versus where he came from New 52 is totally different. I mean, New 52, he's a spoiled kid that figured out that if he robbed the mob, that it would be a good idea because the mob's bad. Then afterwards, <laughs> got himself in trouble with the mob because of robbing the mob. So he's always a really smart kid in the right place with his heart, I guess. But then afterwards, I mean, he basically put his parents into witness for location and... Batman takes him under his wing and we move forward. So, parents, we don't really hear about literally at all. Now, since all that, and we move forward into what's happening in Rebirth, well, history-wise, a lot of the history is muddled. We don't really know what... I don't feel like there's a clear path of what the actual truth is anymore for his backstory, but the way he acts in the books now is a lot more like what he acted before. I mean, he did go through a point where he was going crazy in detective comics and in detective... Eventually, he runs into a future him, and the future him is clearly the him from before all of Rebirth, because the Batman with the guns from the future that showed up back in the Teen Titans and Young Justice stuff. Well, Teen Titans stuff, I guess, not Young Justice. But still, it was clearly from before a time when none of the other stuff existed, and there's a line he said to him that tells us that's where he's from. I mean, he told him, tell Connor I'm sorry, and then he vaporized himself back to the future or whatever. Well, the only way that makes any sense at all is if he is the one that knew Connor, which had to be before Rebirth, because during Rebirth, there was no Connor. So we get the Young Justice in the current incarnation. 
And during those first six issues, a lot of that is what is, is what that's about. I mean, the whole cast gets trapped in Jim World, and in Jim World, somebody trapped Connor there. How, when, why? Well, I mean, that gets ironed out a little bit in these newer books in the second half of the storyline. So the ones we're talking about tonight, which we're not going to like dive deep into every nah. if, every issue, but we'll we'll kind of talk about the timeline and where we're at. So before we get going too crazy into issues seven through what are we doing fourteen? So before we go through seven fourteen, spoiler alert. Right, not because spoilers in it, but you know. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. So before we get going, like too deep into this, if you haven't read issues one through six, I'd pro and you, I would, and you either if you're not planning on it, then that's fine. We'll kind of catch you up. Right. But if, if you want to read the whole thing, I'll probably go back and read those first. We'll wait for you. And now we're going to start. So <laughs> issue seven, I think, is really cool. So if you don't know at this point and you don't plan on reading, a little quick thing. Young Justice is basically Young Justice League. And they're um, young versions of the Justice League. For the most part. And yeah. they're not the Teen Titans. The Teen no. Titans is like the high school version. Well... Teen Titans like the college version. These guys are the high school version, I guess, is how I would look at it. Now, age-wise, in the older days, in the, the original run back in 98, that was definitely the truth. Now it's a little more muddled, like what their ages actually are. They're a little older. They are, but they're not... As far as cast, you could put any of these in Teen Titans. However, they're not the same group. The Teen, Teen Titans, Titans are more like young adults now. Kind of. I mean, Damien like, is the, the leader, and he's the youngest of all well, of these characters. Oh, so. I see what you're saying. So where they all fit, it's a little more. It's not so much about the age anymore. It's more about who these characters I haven't, are. I haven't read Teen like Titans for a long time. Oh, that's understandable. So I think I I think Titans is like well Titans with Nightwing or that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm yeah, not talking about Teen Titans because totally like Teen Titans, I don't even know who's in that anyway. Right? Yeah, right now it's uh, did, uh Damien. We um, did cover like that book, one of those books. Crush. So. Yeah, it's it's a different bag of characters entirely, and age wise. They also sort of ultimate. And this is more of a callback to the original namesake, not necessarily their age. Right. When it originally happened, though, they were young enough they were not part of the Teen Titans group because they were their own group. Eventually, they grew into the Teen Titans. All these characters turned into the Teen Titans eventually, because Jason or because uh, Tim, Connor, Cassie, Impulse, like all those characters eventually became Teen Titans. But before they were Teen Titans, they were Young Justice. Right, which includes currently, currently, because we will get to that. We will get to that. But currently, you have Tim Drake, Robin, right, Robin. You have Connor Kent, Superboy. Superboy. You have um, Jenny Hex, right? Which, which is Jonah Jenny, Hex's like Jenny Hex is like great 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 granddaughter. Great great or great great or I think it's great great something. Yeah, mm-hmm. relation somehow. Right. You have Amethyst. Yep. You have Teen Lantern. Right. Um, who. She, one of these books actually does her backstory. She's like, she finds an, one of the original versions of the Power Ring, that one that has like, it's like the glove with the backpack. Right, the full before, glove. Before mm-hmm. they like made the actual ring and simplified it. Right. And with the, with the, um, with the lantern, the lantern to charge it. Um, you have Bart Allen slash Impulse. Right. And you have Cassie, which is Wonder Girl. Right. And so. that's, that's our main cast of characters. And Amethyst, she's the princess of, of, of the gem, gem world. world. So this story, the first six issues deal with finding Connor and then saving gem world. 
where we pick up here, well, the people of Gym World aren't exactly happy with Amethyst always bringing problems around, always causing trouble, even though what she was doing wasn't really causing trouble. Um, and they wind up electing after they save the world from Opal, which right. is another so, evil so Je- queen. Well, so in they're in New York. And when they first start, yes. So they catch up real quick. They're in New York, and then something's going on. Like the gem world, come people come to attack, or not New York, Metropolis. My bad. They're in Metropolis because they some they go there looking for Superman. A couple of different like um, Jenny Hex goes there looking for Superman, and then Cassie happened to be there. Right. Impulse shows up. Tim was there, and they all kind of get they're there. They're fighting the gem world people, and they all come together. And then all of a sudden, they get sucked through the portal into Gem World. And like when they land there, Connor Kent's there, and he's and he. This is his first appearance back in the DC universe since since 2012. 2012, which yeah. so number 2020, so like eight years. Yeah, he this character hasn't existed. Right. So you're all caught up. They they basically beat the Gem World people, kind of, but the Gem World people cast them out. Right. To- supposedly, they're sending them back to. The current like Earth plane where they're supposed to go, but what they do is they just send them randomly stumbling through multiverse. multiverse. Yeah, so you're going to get to see some cool things. Oh yeah, as far as mashup worlds and alternate worlds and multiverse craziness, yeah, we, you go the next the, for the first gosh, seven, eight, nine, I think even ten, we're stumbling through different versions of realities. Oh, even no, even eleven, no, eleven, we drop back in regular continuity. Mm. I think 10 is when they are back to normal. Yeah, they shoot back out during issue 10. But you see multiple versions of everything through 7, 8, and 9. Different realities, different Earths. We land on Earth 3 for a little bit, which Earth 3 is where the evil Justice League's from. So everyone's opposites. So good's bad, bad's goods. Almost everyone, which is interesting because there's something that happens on that world that is weird to me and I don't know how to how to take it really. Considering how everyone else works polar opposite. So some cool things in issue... So we'll start at issue seven. Right. It just... it As they're tumbling through multiverses, there's some really funny things that happen. And Impulse is great. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's like written like Impulse. Because there was a time when I was like, mm, and they tried to make him more mature. So it's like... Well, during the New 52 stuff, the time travel him from the future played out different, and the reason he was here was different, too. So, Which, again... That was all weird. Again, that's another... It wasn't horrible, and it wasn't totally wrong. It was just weird. I just didn't like it. That's fine. Like They changed some really cool characters, and he's one of them that they changed. Tim and Tim, Connor wasn't around. I don't even remember seeing Cassie at all for a long time. No, Wonder Girl wasn't initially around at first. She did show up during the Teen Titans stuff, but... Yeah, she she, she wasn't gone. So we get to see Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo crew. <laughs> and Impulse just is, like, super into it. Oh, yeah. He's just, like, is going to die of cuteness. He's like, this is amazing. So I thought that was hilarious because, you know, Captain Carrot knows Superman and blah, blah, blah. But that shows up. Um, they go to the Kingdom Come universe, which is really cool. Yeah. So you get to see Kingdom It's, like, post- like the end of Kingdom Come, where like there's less heroes, but there's so it's like you get Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and you know basically the JSA in the future is trying to kind of ruling things a little. Red Robin, Power Woman, Wonder Woman, um, and then you know super badass Superman, right. just like. But that's uh, yeah. 
Super, I'm that that part I thought was really cool because it's a. Uh, I love Kingdom Come Superman because he's kind of it as like they they've spoken about it in different articles and different things that like during that he was at the the pinnacle of his powers because he's absorbed the most amount of sun that he was going to be absorbed so he was probably the most powerful during Kingdom Come, right. Well, he hadn't been, he basically retired from being a hero, so as far as like stored up a build and stored up power or whatever, at that, that point in the game, he was basically using his power to pull a plow, and that was literally it, until he gets back into things. I mean, Kingdom Come is a great read. If you guys haven't read Kingdom Come at all, you should really check it out. You've been living under a rock, mostly. It's, or you started New 52, you didn't know better, which is fine. Kingdom Come is one of the greatest things ever written in comic books. I mean, it is fantastic. I mean, it's a future we're never going to get to, really, but as a thing, it, it is a really great book. No. It could. It's never going to happen. It could. No. It is still a fantastic book, though. For the longest time, that they were, the, the DC was writing their books to go in that direction. They were, for a little while, yeah. But still, no different than any future post-apocalyptic book. So then Dr. Fate sends them on their way, and then he, uh, he's like, whoops. Yeah, Dr. Fate's one of the group mixed up with the uh, Kingdom Come JSAs. Guys. The Kingdom Come JSA. And he was just like, whoops, forgot to carry the two, and he sent them to the wrong universe. So when they escape from there, they're theoretically being sent home by a mostly friendly batch of heroes, for the most part. Uh, except Dr. Fate, of course, is not our current Dr. Fate. It's the a younger Dr. Fate, just in the helmet. So it's, Naboo is the main character inside Dr. Fate. This is a different guy wearing the suit, but... Or wearing the helmet, I guess, is how you would call it. I don't think anybody's it. wearing it. it was, at that point in Kingdom Come, it's just like the helmet and the cape kind of it's like nothing. Was it still? It's not really anything there. Oh, weird. I guess I forgot that about Kingdom Come. Yeah, you can't. Huh? There's not really... Well, they never show any... They never show, like, the guy's face. I mean, he's not in the book super often. Or in this book a lot, either. Yeah, they don't really show... No. Um, there's, like, nothing... The way he talks, I took it as a younger Dr. Fate. So somebody with a different body, and the way he's shaped isn't beefy like everyone else, so... Look-wise, that's what I would say it was, but they don't ever actually answer that, so... It doesn't matter. Dr. Fate mistakenly sent them the wrong place. Which he sends them to Earth 3? Yes. To fight the, e- the evil young Justice? Basically, yeah. So Earth 3 um, is where the... Crime Syndicate lives, well, used to live, till they decide to leave their Earth and come to our Earth during the storyline called uh, Forever Evil. And disappear. Well, they disappear from their world because they, they leave to come here, and Forever Evil is an awesome story, too. It basically deals with where the evil Superman slash Ultraman, Superwoman slash Wonder Woman, where they're at now, and eventually we get an answer for the Owl, so Batman, and it's not so good for him. But uh, as a thing, where they're at in the world is on our Earth and for the most part contained, at least for now. But because of that, left their world void of a ruling class of Justice League. So the underlings have basically taken over. So yeah, like you said, evil young Justice. And we get very different versions of certain characters. Uh, Cassie, for example, has black hair and looks very much like Wonder Woman. Even though she's not Wonder Woman. Jenny Hex got a sweet eye patch. Uh, Teen Green, way more in control. Oh, not Teen Green. Green, young, what is it? Teen Lantern? Teen Lantern. Much more in control of her abilities, it appears, at least. The biggest difference is when we start dealing with, well, maybe not the biggest, because we get 
a Kid Flash, but it's it's Wallace West, not Wally. So there's not so it's it's Wallace, the other one, just an evil version of him. And that leads us to a different version of Robin, which is a major turning point in issue eleven and moving forward in like his arc of the world. Which is crazy. So if you listen to the last episode, we talked a little bit about his new name, and that's where this kind of comes from. Because he runs into the other Robin, and the other Robin has a different name. Yeah, he calls himself Drake, and he refers... So here's my right issue. And we actually we hinted at this a couple of episodes. That's what right? I was just saying, yeah. Yeah. I mean, was it last episode or episode before? It was his last episode. Was it? Um, calls himself he calls himself Drake, yes. just just Drake, as in like Tim Drake, and he's like, and Tim's like, oh, that's actually kind of good. But this Robin slash Drake in quotations, it he's like, it's one of the most dangerous birds. It's who I am. And it's like uh, maybe Drakes are different on Earth three. I mean, a mallard is a drake, right? And they are aggressive. A drake is a, is a duck. duck, but they're very aggressive male ducks, and they right. do they will drown female ducks and gouge out their eyes. They do horrible things, but like a lot of animals in the in the animal kingdom, do horrible things that we like. They're like, oh, look at that really cute kangaroo, and then look at it beat the crap out of another kangaroo and kill it. So it's like you're just things happen in the animal world that you're just like, oh, okay. okay. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things. Like, people don't think about that kind of stuff. Like, there's those school of dolphins will, like, kill another dolphin or, yeah. you know, do other terrible things. Like, gangland rules, man. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, but, I mean, your Red Robin, which is like old school, gotten some nostalgia, or you're just going to be like, oh, that's my last name. I'm just going to call myself Drake. I will give you, it is a little weird. And like, I'd be fine with it if he didn't change the costume. Well, I don't like the new costume. We'll see if that sticks or not. There's, there's a, there's a touching point on that, and when we get to fourteen. But yeah, so he's he's effectively named himself Drake, and uh, he has red hair, which is really weird. And he has a gun. Well, I mean, which, of course. In this universe, everybody's evil, so yeah, it makes perfect sense. And the Superboy in this one is like super ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. super obsessed with Cassie. Well, the two of them were a couple back in the day. But so is Drake. Well, super obsessed with them. So for a while, back in the Young Justice, prior to, after they no, were out Drake of the Young Justice, and Superboy are both into Cassie. I know. in this universe, and, and, and in the old but, universe, uh, but massively crazy obsessed with her. Like they'll oh, do anything yeah, that she says. She's super she's evil. in charge. Yeah, hundred percent. She's Wonder Woman. She like leads him around, yeah. like by their yeah. I mean, she she's evil also. So feminine wild is evil. Not that all women are, but you know. And at one point, there was a touching point after Connor's death that Cassie and Robin, for a minute, were sort of a thing. You know, and then he came back from the dead. So oh, they're teenagers, that's what happens. Right. So it's not completely out of place, it's just, this world, everyone's evil and crazy, so there you go. But then you also get to see a really, really cool version of Batwoman in this universe, which is actually uh, Stephanie Brown. Right. And her her costume is awesome. It's pretty sweet. And her mohawk. Faux hawk thing is well. Great. It's like it's like Captain Marvel's kind of. It's not yeah. like it's not. I it's mean, not it is, but it isn't. But it's not. Yeah, it's, yeah pretty, it's, a, it's pretty cool. It's a faux hawk. But yeah, it's it's awesome. And see, here's where my issue is a little bit. Not issue. Here's my question. So, Stephanie, not evil. Best we can tell. 
And she actually helps our people, and, like, her and Tim have this weird interaction together, because Tim has been missing Stephanie since he, before he came to Metropolis in the first issue. And so, like, it gets kind of weird between them for a minute. And in my head, I'm like, well, if these are all the polar opposites, why is she the way she is? Because that's weird. Um, yeah. Yes and no. It kind of is. I mean, spoilers... They don't all have to be that way. No, they, they don't. But generally speaking, that's how it works. And spoiler in our world, well, she's she's good, but she comes from a family of criminals. And her whole deal is that she's the spoiler of their crimes, so she's the spoiler. Dun, dun, dun. So it just makes me wonder, like, how weird is that? It's a little... To me, it's a little weird. Do I think it means anything? No. I mean, whatever. It is a little weird, though. I mean, everything's just a little different. Right. So, whatever. I mean, I do think that, like, it's weird that, like, Hex, like, the evil, like, Jenny Hex has, is, like, blonde with, like, an eye patch, kind of. The eye patch is sweet, though. Yeah. And she's like, oh, she doesn't know what she's got yet in that trunk, because she's got, like, a magical trunk in the back of her, her truck. Right. But she shows up like in her, her, like, her great grand, like, Jonah Hex's artifacts. Right. Collected weapons, taken weapons, collected artifacts, things left to entrust to him. Which is what she shows up in Metropolis initially looking for help with. Which we kind of go into that, I think, in the next issue, actually. Yeah, it kind of gives the backstory of, like, oh, this is the backstory. Issue 9 is the backstory of uh, both of them, right? I think so. Her and... Um, her, her and uh, Teen Green, or Teen Lantern. Teen Lantern, yeah. Because we find out where she finds the glove and how she becomes inherited the glove through death of another character. Yeah, she's from Bolivia. She finds it in some like, junkyard. Well, attached to a a lantern that gets killed by a gang, which is weird. And it's something I don't feel like we've having... I think more will come from that, probably. Because it's not a lantern that any of us recognize. And the equipment he's using, like you said, is old technology compared to everything we've seen for the Green Lantern Saber when they did the first Lantern but we, story. But we've seen this technology before. Oh, yeah. During the first Lantern story. So, yeah, it's not something that's brand new. It's just tech we haven't seen in a while. And compared to normal Green Lantern, it would look like an ancient artifact if they've ever even seen it. I mean, Hal dealt with it because he fought the first Lantern. and But depending who it is, they may not even know what it was. But yeah, that's... Issue 9 goes over both their backstories, really. And Jenny inherits the trunk from her mom, and in theory, I think Mom passes away. So... That's rough, I guess. But Mom had it, and she never did anything with it, because she didn't know what to think of it. So Jenny decides she's going to do something different. But yeah, in the ultimate world, the evil world, they of course, everything moves a lot faster, apparently. So they are uh, more in control of their powers and equipment. But this lantern that gives it to her says... Like, his comment is before he dies, because, like, he gets shot by some gangster in, like, the junkyard. Like, you're just sad, but... He's like... he tell, She goes back in the middle of the night to grab it from him. And, and to, actually, to check on him. She didn't go anywhere. Well, she's like, wants to see what's going on. Right, well, and her, her and, and her brother see him get shot, and they like she, run. Because she goes scared. back in the night, and he, and he says, You make as much as you can with it. You own this world with it. And then throw it in fire before... Before... And she's like, what is it? Are you are, are you a Green Lantern? And he's like, I. And he's like, uh. 
did you just make me a Green Lantern? And he's like, I, and she's like, I accept, I'm honored. Do I have to sign something, kind of? Or, and he's like, I can't believe this. And then he dies. And so she's like, before what? Right. Well, best we can tell from his his dialogue, I don't think it was Green Lantern ever. I think like, did that, he I steal think he it? Stole it? Yeah, I think that's what the deal is. Is that he stole it from whoever he got it from and got himself shot because, of course, he was not doing what he was supposed to do with it for the gang, I guess. But she's around the right people to teach her to be a hero. So. Right. Yeah, where she winds up landing with it is entirely different, too. So, yeah. But yeah, she, whenever they see the, him get shot, both her and her brother run because that's what you do. It's crazy. But she went back to basically see if he was okay or what was going on. And that's when this whole transpired pirates, where she gets it from him. And initially she doesn't really know how to use it. She's just kind of carrying it around. But eventually she winds up being able to tap into its power and use it. So yeah, it's, it's a weird, like, setup. It's kind of cool. But, like, where the technology came from, I'm sure that's a future story, probably. If not, it seems like a well that was wasted. But I'm betting it's going to be a future story. Stephanie Brown also has what they've been looking for, which is the multiverse map, so they can actually, as they transport through multiverse, they can get places they need. They can know will know where they're going. Right. Like I know I'm going to Earth 927, where. Yeah. Right. Well, and Stephanie has a map because the. Injustice League had one, and that's how they got to our Earth. Um, but the the map didn't come with them, and so she's had it this whole time, which is also interesting. But yeah, there's there's a there's some there's some other weirdness in there that I wonder about, but we'll see if it comes out to something else later or not. But from there, they travel again, and uh, from this travel, they wind up landing back on Earth. Finally. Finally. And they are in up-and-coming fancy-pants hero... Naomi's hometown. Yeah. Which is a little weird, too. I mean, interesting. She's... Characters, new characters, she's pretty cool. I mean, she's got an interesting, like, mashup of... We don't really know where she's from. We know that two different factions were sent here to Earth to try to basically capture her when she was a baby... But neither one of them won the battle anymore at that point, and so they both basically decide they're going to watch over and protect her. It's a guy from Thanagar and a guy from Rand. And the guy from Rand winds up marrying a lady here, and the two of them basically adopt her as their daughter. So, like, she's been raised by a human and, and a Thanagar and a Rand soldier. Which, I mean, he's humanoid, so it's not like... And the Thanagarians, depending on what race it is, they are also humanoid. So it's not the weirdest thing in the world, but yeah, from two battling factions that were here to get her from a third faction basically protect her and save her, and eventually she inherits her powers, which, best we can tell, is like energy projection, flight, super strength. I mean, there's a gamut of possibilities there. Because even she doesn't really know, and where we join her in the book, she's only had her powers for two days, so her miniseries happens all before this, and then this series catches up to where she is in her miniseries when it ends. Also crazy. And this issue also... Gives you your Jenny Hex um, backstory. Right. This issue where we go over her. Uh, she's got kind of just like, she walks into a bowling alley, kind of just uh, thinking of nothing of it, and like it's getting robbed, and she kind of stands up and like takes the gun away from one of the robbers and like. Kind of whoops him. Sh- shuts him down, and they're just dudes that went to high school with her, so she's like, go, go to high school with her, because right. kind of thing, and then. 
her mom's like, I need to show you something. Kind of gives her her grandpa's trunk, great grandpa's trunk or whatever. And she's like, I need to find somebody who can help me with this stuff. So, so that's where that's at. Right. Yeah. But, but then it flashes back to like the, the actual fight with the injustice gang. And that's when you actually see the new Drake show up in his new brown and black and yellow costume, which it's not bad. It's just not as cool as, right. the, as the red Robin costume. Because like I, before earlier in this episode, I was going to point out that the one amazing point of Tim Drake, the greatest point of Tim Drake is that Tim finally gave Robin pants. <laughs> that's, that's not the truth. It is though. He did, but it's not, that's not the cool man. <laughs> He's like, this is a cool costume Stupid. except for the, except for the hot pants. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just going to wear like regular pants. Is that cool? And Batman was like, oh yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so silly. That's funny. I mean, he is back in his original Robin costume rather than the red Robin costume he's running around in, which are both good. He still calls himself Red Robin. He does. He's in the, but the classic costume is what he's wearing, not the uh, Red Robin costume. My favorite, Slightly different, mostly by color. Yeah. But my favorite is like the Red Robin, like his Robin, like Robin version three, like hybrid costume. After Batman went missing and he had the cowl. No, no or cowl. When he was wearing the, uh, not the one with the bird wings. No, it's like, it's, it looks just like his Robin costume, but it's just black and red. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. The hybrid version between sure. like his Robin co- and then like the red Robin. I like the, the red Robin cowl. I think it's kind of cool. It has his place, but, um, like if he just wore it periodically. Well, at this point, age wise, he's younger again. So the cowl came with age. Um, back when they, prior to New 52, whenever they did the Batman missing stories, and they aged him up a tiny bit. A little bit. And he did wear bat, the bat costume for a minute when everybody wore it for During a second. Battle for the Cow, yeah. There was, there was a t- the time where he did for a minute. Battle for the Cow, he basically had all of them wear some version of it. But prior to that, his Red Robin, when he had the cow costume, he, they just slightly aged him. It wasn't like they made him Dick Grayson age, but they aged him up enough that a cow made sense. So he was still Red Red. That was probably the first time he was actually Red Robin. It wasn't just Robin anymore. Right. That's when they actually changed it prior to any of this stuff. It was at the end of the Robin book. Yep. The original Robin book. And last, this is the costume he wore afterwards. Last 13 issues, probably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the new one is a brown version of the costume. Which is weird. And they, they like, soar in to save the day. Like, because people, like, the rest... Half of them go with Batwoman, which is, like, Impulse and Amethyst and Wonder Girl and Batwoman from that universe and Drake. And, like, they come soaring in to save the day. And it's like, he's got, like, a rocket launcher on his back, which I was like, that's a weird choice. He's got a staff, but then, like, a rocket launcher is like, okay. You got to fight a guy with a gun, so there's no other choice, really. I guess. (laughs) Bring gun to a knife fight. That's the same idea. But yeah, so they show up and Bell Teen, Teen, or Teen Lantern and Jenny Hex out. Who are both having trouble fighting their other thems. And Connor at the same time. Evil Connor. But anyway, yeah, so they, the team splits up for a minute during the battle and our OG Young Justice go off against themselves and then it leaves the younglings against their, I really hate younglings as a word. It leaves the new members of Young Justice to fight their counterparts in this world. 
Initially, half of them think that they were just abandoned, but that's not the truth. And then Jenny Hex opens the trunk. Right. And, because this is her backstory issue, like last issue was Teen Lantern, this one's hers. And right. She finally figured out there's a bunch of really rad things in there, and like, Cassie, the evil wonder girl, wonder girl, wonder woman, was yeah. like, I told you guys to shut this down before she figured out what she had, and then she's just like, she figures out what she has, and she comes in, saves the day, and everybody just whoops some ass, and they just... Well, she uses whatever one of the powers made to make her grow. We see this inside of the trunk for a second, and we see like what looks like a classic dial, which wow. will matter when we get to the next book. But yeah, she winds up using one of the elements that lets her grow giant size, like Giganta almost. Like a dial, like a, a bunch of books, like a talisman, like a, several ray guns. Like Jonah, like, like Adam Strange ray guns. Yeah, just which a is bunch weird. of really cool stuff. Oh yeah. A bow tie, like wrapped around like some stuff. I don't yeah. know. A belt, like with an atom on it. Right. Which could be what, a million different things. I'm going to say probably like one of the Adam's belts to let her shrink, possibly later. Maybe. But yeah. See, so, well, she winds up using the growing power and then uses the divide power from something that makes a whole lot of different versions of her that have different abilities and, and powers. So it's crazy. It's kind of freaking awesome, but it's crazy. Because it just goes from being one Jenny to being a giant Jenny and then like five other versions. And, uh, yeah, they clearly outnumbered the, uh, evil young justice. And, uh, from there, they pretty well rule them. Then eventually, Stephanie helps them leave. And there's a weird, I uh, mean, not weird. There's a, like, goodbye before Robin, Drake. It's Artem and her. And, like, it's a weird heartfelt, like, she's sad that he's leaving. Of course, he's. Well, she, like, before they can even say goodbye, she pushes the button and sends them. Yeah. And then, like, the last scene is just, like, her crying because she's, like, every, every, basically every version of Stephanie is in love with every version of Tim kind of thing. That's what it looks like, yeah. Just, like, they're just, like, starstruck lovers from every dimension kind of thing. Which is cool. I mean. Yeah, it's neat. I've always liked it. I always liked that character. Oh, yeah. Like, like, she, she wasn't even supposed to be, like, Batman told him no, and he, like, still brought her under his wing. Right. And he even said no for a minute, and, like, she still kind of did it, and then he's like, fine. And then Batman was like, fine. At at one point, Batman Batman was like, hide yourself from being dead. Well, at one point, Batman brought her on as Robin to piss him off. Right, which is awesome. So we get the female, the first female Robin, for timeline's sake. Right. And she basically is him for, like, two days. Which is really, (laughs) but her costume is super Oh, yeah, it's great. Like, her costume's amazing. Like, her costume was one of the best, like, yeah, as a female Robin costume, it's so good. But yeah, Batman basically let her drive the car, or sit in the car is what really happened. Um, and that was it, just to make Tim so angry that he came back. But eventually, she's killed by the Black Mask, and for the longest time, until they ratconned that, that was the truth. And then eventually, it turned out that Batman told her, you need to stay gone, because it's too dangerous for you, kid. And he let everyone believe she was dead, which is what was the original rift between Tim and Bruce, because Bruce didn't tell anybody, and then Stephanie didn't tell anybody, and then Tim buried his girlfriend and moved on, which is crazy. Of course, that's all before New 52, so it doesn't matter now, even though it still matters. But yeah, as a thing, they're they're a great cop, a great pair, of, as far as a couple is concerned. At least I think so. 
So then the next issue ish is like they come crashing back into regular reality. Right. And Naomi and they kind of do some backstory on Naomi and then you have Star Labs, the who is it? Doctor Glory. Yeah, Doctor Glory is there. Who's uh, not really good? She's not. She doesn't like Connor. Uh, she's uh, yeah. She's got some. She's got some issues in there. And she's not a. Yeah, she's definitely not a good person. Best we can tell, she's just out for power and glory. Generally, Star Labs, good. It works with Superman. Does things for Superman. This particular doctor, she is definitely not about helping. No, and she doesn't like Connor. Not at all. And he like wakes up and like kind of like they all they all go crash at her Naomi's house like right. Naomi's like adopted parents basically when they first show up like Naomi assumed that the rift in time was reopening a portal that the guy trying to kill her came through and before at the end of her storyline we deal with that happening so she's there basically to try to fight off whoever's coming through the portal and then it turns out to be young justice and she's like I don't know what to even think of this and Star Labs is there monitoring her and like testing her abilities which is also kind of weird and as soon as Young Justice shows up, they vamoose. Like, they, the Star Labs people bail. The, and, well, they start freaking out as soon as they see Connor. Right. And so they basically all run. Well, not run. They, they all make themselves scarce of being around. And he's like, and he's full. By, by the way, like, when he, from the time that he left till now, like, some time has happened. So he's, and he's done some battling and he's like, gotten even more. Cause he's always, as time has gone on, it took him a little bit to like get powers and like right. learn his powers and learn his heat vision and learn flight and learn st- like, and he like in a, a previous, like the previous issue when he's fighting, when he fights his evil version of himself and the evil version of Cassie, like he's like, I'm into this because I don't get to unload very often. And he just like really, he kind of takes them both on oh, yeah. comfortably. Well, he's had all that time in gym world where he basically was battling all these magic powered people and Superman has, Two weaknesses. Well, three if you count humans. Kryptonite and magic are the two. So, Connor has the same kind of problem with magic. And kryptonite. But he doesn't, though, because he fought all those people in Gem World. That's and... the whole point. He got so much better. Because he had to uh-huh. constantly fight things that is his normal weakness. So, like, the amount of time... Because, like, when we first meet him, he's got a full-on, like, well, scruffy beard, not a full yeah. beard. But he's also... Early 20s, probably beardish. I bet. I bet he's, like, 22, 23 years old at this point. Right. That's kind of where everybody's at. Ish. And he's taken on being the father of this kid and this pregnant woman just for the sake of keeping her from getting killed. So, like, he's he's had a whole lot of weird adjustment to himself and, like, things he's done to try to make things that he was stuck with better. So the chick that's in charge like in charge of the Star Labs project supposedly is put here by Superman and supposedly put here by Batman. Right. Supposedly. Well, and I don't know what book that happened in. I'm sure it happened somewhere, but I, I but don't nobody, know where. But nobody knows, but he shows up because he knows who she is, and he's just like, ah, uh, you're the one that shipped me off, and I don't know why. And he's like, I'm taking you in. This isn't a thing anymore. And she's like, only fair, only fair. And, like, somehow she tricks him to do something, touch a gem. Well, she basically pretends like, oh, I can't believe you got lost in that crazy event that we didn't, we didn't mean for you to get lost at all. We've been looking for you forever. So she acts like she didn't send him away whenever he finally comes to confront her. So, like, the rest of the team crashes the night at Naomi's house because Naomi's mom is about it and awesome. So she's like, yeah, do you always need a place to stay? You've been traveling through the multiverse, and you place it safe to sleep, so she puts them all up. Naomi passes out because her power level hits so high that she just can't stay together. 
And eventually, Connor decides to take it on himself to go after Dr. Laurie. And he tells everyone else, I got this. This is my problem. And when he shows up there, she's like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Oh, if you want to fix everything, go back to your real world? You want to go back to your real time? This isn't your real world. Yeah, and then, like, she... She convinced him that she can send him there, and she tells him that the crazy glowing rock thing will do it. She, he just needs the trigger, and he's like, well, where's the trigger? And at that point, he's touching the rock. And so she activates it and sends him away again. So she basically dupes him by lying to him about being able to get back to the time he's from. Because when he first sees Tim and everyone from the old team, all of a sudden their memories come back of him. And he he never had the memories leave. Right. Because he's been trapped in this other reality. The world shifted around him, and he didn't even notice. So she basically cons him and sends him back into the multiverse. Well, then he ends up at the end of that issue with um, Scarteris with the Warlord. He's in like another like medieval... Scarteris is the name of the, the planet the that planet. he's on. In the, whatever reality he's on. And you get Warlord, a crazy Thor-ish looking guy, but with like skull shoulder pads and just a loincloth. And- he looks like Deathstroke with a crazy like tiara thing going on. And He-Man pants if they were white. I feel like he just looks like Thor with like no clothes on. Yeah, but he doesn't have any of the flowing golden locks. Like he looks like an he looks like Deathstroke. Yeah, they're they're, they're white. Like, he's yeah. he's got white hair, hundred percent. Blonde hair turns white as they age. I mean, I guess in his younger days when he was being drawn in the past, he could have and been. He's got the Thor hair. helmet, bro. He does have a Thor helmet, like a tiara thing going on. That's what I said. And he doesn't have an eye patch. No. So he doesn't look like... Thor. No, he does look like Thor. Well, he, depending he, what time frame, Thor's had an eye patch also. But you say he looks like Deathstroke. Yeah. He's got the white beard, long hair. Facially, he looks like Deathstroke. Mm. I mean, he, as far as a mixed match, he's a character from the 70s, man, so... As a thing. I think he was DC's version of a of Thor-ish character. Okay. Anyway. There's no magic to him. There's like weird blue. He's Charlton Heston with a beard, bro. There's weird bees that are blue with big old stingers and that are and like lo- ground lobsters and Oh yeah, the scorpions world, the world and, he's from is a barbarian world for sure with magic and And the dinosaur. Yes, and dinosaurs. That Connor just whoops. Which is awesome. And he's like, Oh, that was cool. <laughs> he's like, I hate punching dumb animals. It's like punching a puppy. Poor Connor. He hates punching dinosaurs. Even though it's kind of awesome. And he's like, wait, and then this, like, uh, what's his name? Like, just says, like, wait, what, what's happened to puppies back on Earth? Because he's been to Earth, so he's just like, wait, what? Well, like, what? Yeah, well, Warlord is from Earth, and when he says that it's just like punching puppies, he's like, hang on, what happened to dogs? <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's so funny. And so then, like, goes back to the Young Justice back in regular time, and they're with Naomi, and they're, like, trying to figure out what happened to Connor, and, like, finally, like, Stephanie, like, Normal Stephanie is texting Tim, like, what's going on? Where are you at? Like, freaking out. And, like, Naomi starts, like, doing that crazy power thing again. And, like, they're just trying to figure out what's going on. Impulse went to Seattle to get donuts. Well, he he runs off on his own for a minute. And he he goes, just, like, disappears, but he comes yeah. out. Like, I got donuts! Because he went to Portland to get donuts, and they're not in Portland. <laughs> no. Why why he went there exactly. But I do which, question that, really, but, yeah, it's weird. What's cool, there's been a few, like, issues here and there of, like, the Flash and stuff, where, like, um, I think there was an issue of Flash that I read with Nightwing in it, and, Night, like, 
Wally, like Wally Flash, and the night we were hanging out, and like Wally like shows up with like fifteen pizzas, and and Dick's just like, I, I'm cool, man. I already ate, and he's just like, you already ate? How did you already eat? I don't know what's going on. What, what are you doing? He's like, you have fifteen pizzas. He's like, yeah, man. You can't imagine what my table is like. I've eaten like this like four times already today, and he's like talking all crazy fast, but eating pizza. And so, like, you got to think that, like, when a writer does that version of of, of a speedster, you got to think that, like, yeah, they're they're running like like they're part of the speed force, all that kind of stuff. But their body's still using stuff, so like they have to eat a lot. So it's oh, like, yeah. so like showing that that part of impulse, I thought was really kind of cool because that's that's been that's been shown before in other issues of like speedsters. Right. So I thought that was cool. Titans, Teen Titans, yeah. Any, any, anybody who writes a speedster, right, will we'll throw something in there at some point. It doesn't happen all the time for Wally or for Barry anymore, but it's because Barry's toned different than the kids are. And even Barry still eats more than he should. He just doesn't gorge himself the same way as the others do when they have to. But the when they do it right, it's awesome. I just think Barry's kind of boring. That's why I never was a big yeah. fan of him. I mean, he is the cop version of the Flash, so. He's just boring. Whatever. He didn't have any angst or any, like, it was just, I'm the Flash. It's kind of like Hal Jordan. I'm not a big Hal Jordan fan uh, either. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I am, I'm a big fan of the Grant Morrison Gr- Green Lantern. I like the way that Grant writes him, but I've always been a big, bigger Kyle fan, or even Alan Scott fan, than I was Hal. Okay. Just me personally. Sure. I like I liked Alan Scott's, like, kids. Like, in, like... Jade? Jade and uh, um, Obsidian is his son. Oh, gosh, I don't remember. And so, like, I, I like that. I thought that was cool, too. Just sure. Like, I don't know. But anyway. So they go to um, the Hall of Justice. Well, yeah, they, they decide to split up and figure out what's going on and try to get help. Because clearly whatever's happening with Naomi, they need help. What's happening with them, they need help. And now Connor's missing again. So... So go to the Hall of Justice to get help. A couple of them get sent to the Hall of Justice. Just as they don't there. But the Wonder Twins are there, and they're kind of like... Kind of front desk people, basically. At this point, they're interns for the yeah. Justice League. And like they're like, we can't do much. We can't really access anything. And Bart's like, oh, I can. And he's like, Jake does like, he's like, call the Justice ID, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, wait, what the heck? And they're like, welcome back, Barry Allen. Yeah, he basically uses the Flash's password stack to test the computer. Which is like, where did he get that from? Nobody knows, but it's super bad. So then back to Dr. Glory, and she's like, Trying to talk to Superman and Batman, but like the one turns like, ah, oh, no. But well, they, she calls them. Yeah, she calls them but, looking for because she's trying to cut but, the. But they the see mess. the call coming in, so like pretend we're not here and to see what the, she has to say, and she right. lies to them. So like, yeah, well, now we know this chick's like no good. Right. So they they catch her in the line. The, the Wonder Twins take the call, and what she's trying to do is cover up disappearing Connor again, and how all these kids just appeared out of nowhere and. She's trying to smooth things over beforehand with Batman and Superman so that she doesn't have to deal with it and basically be the adult that tells the adults what's happening so the kids aren't believed. And yeah, they catch her in the lie because the other two are like Teen Green and, or Green, Teen, Lan- Teen Lantern, gosh, well, I keep getting that wrong. Teen Lantern's there and they both wind up hearing what the truth is, her and Cassie. Yeah. So like they catch her full on in the lie. But then again, like they try to be like, oh, supercomputer, super priority, Wonder Twins, emergency, blah blah, and they're like, code denied. And Bart again, right, is like, Hall of Justice ID code, Flash code eighty seven, Fish, blah blah blah, throttle speed, Wonder Twins, priority, emergency clearance requested. And it's like approved. And they're like, what the heck? Right. Because again, I don't know. I don't know why he has that. I mean, because he's because he listens to things and, and, and pays the, attention. And, and they're like, who he's, are you? He's like, welcome to Young Justice. 
He's from the future too, so yeah. Yeah, he's just super awesome. <laughs> so anyway, they're like, like in Ginny's truck and like hanging out and doing their thing. And the one twin this flying. Is, this is back to the other. Team. Back into the other yeah, s- the so city where Naomi's from. We switched from the team one that went to the Hollow Justice to team two, who's like waiting two, for like which waiting is waiting for everyone else. And uh, they fly in on like one of one of one woman's invisible jets. Cassie and the Team Green are pulling the truck. All of a sudden, Dial H for Hero show up. Yes. I don't exactly know how they fall into this, because I haven't read any of the Dial H series. Me either. So and they're, they're like, also huh? recruited, which is... I, like, I'm not sure where that's supposed to happen. I assume it must happen in the Dial H book. Um, again, it's not a book I'm reading, so I don't really know how you, they get there. But they're using the phone from Ginny's trunk, right? Well, they do. They wind up using that phone as well. Um, so Dial H, him, so it's two people, Dial H is Miguel and Summer, and the two of them use the dial, and the dial, basically what it is is like an old school phone rotary, but it's connected to a whole bunch of different people's powers. So when you dial H for heroes, what the H stands for, you use the phone, and it will mix match a batch of different powers, and assign them to whoever did use the dial. And right now, Summer and Miguel can both use it. So... When it mix-matches powers, it doesn't have to be any particular character, but a lot of the characters we know, like Harley Quinn's connected to it, Superman's connected to it, Robin's connected to it. So, like, as far as the dial's concerned, when it does its thing, it just mashes together a character and creates a new whoever, and off you go. And it's either Miguel or Summer driving the boat. So we do get kind of a cool scene when they're, after they use the dial to go after, I think it's to go after Glory, and basically he looks like Spider-Man with an open top for his hair. it's It looks so cool. But he's basically Spider-Man. Which is double hilarious considering the universe that we're in. Because not Marvel. Anyhow. Yeah, how they get there, don't totally understand. Um, but we also get another piece where at the very end of this particular book, we wind up seeing that Bart has recruited somebody else. And the explanation for the where the recruitment doesn't happen until issue 14 but we wind up seeing another group of characters that are there to help, too. I think they're at the end of issue 13, actually. Um, memory-wise, I don't know if that's where they pop up first or not. But yeah, Bart was basically sent to recruit whoever he can get. Hence, Dial H. Um, and then we're going to get some new characters at the end of the next issue. So this issue ends, and then we pick back up, joining Connor again. And this art yeah. shift is... This is Michael Ivan Oming doing the art for while we're in... The, the other world with Kazar and Superboy. Not Kazar, sorry, Warlord. And Superboy. Which is... It fits for what they're doing. I like it. So, so it's okay. There's actually a lot of different art in this book. It gets, it gets kind of crazy. But yeah, we pick up in progress there. And we've joined Connor again, and him and the Warlord. And Connor's feeling down because he just found all of his friends. And now he's stuck again. Your warlord backstory about like, oh yeah, we cut from there. He's like, you feel bad for yourself. I'm like, well, Connor's just like, you ever feel lost? He's like, buddy, let me tell you about Lost. I'll tell you about Lost. I'm from Earth, man. He's like, I was a paratrooper, and all of a sudden I started fighting dinosaurs, and I fell in love with some jungle woman, and they got taken this place, and then I got put on this like rowboat as a slave, and then I had to fight for my life, like as a gladiator, and. Then I became Warlord, and like I, and as time went on, I wore less and less and less clothes. 
<laughs> Basically is how the story goes. It's pretty, that's pretty close, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was a military man, and then during one of his escapades, he winds up falling into this other universe. Uh, and then as time went on, yeah, he was a, he was a slave and yeah, he was a, a, a uh, gladiator, almost like Roman style. Then he leads a revolution and from there he basically becomes the warlord, falls in love and all the arts like old school, oh gosh, what's the guy's name? I don't remember. Um, Fast Gordon? I mean, that's, that's the style of art that it is, yes. Spartacus? But there's a particular artist. Shoot, well, I don't remember his name. It's actually, his name's Mike Grell. Like, G-R-E-L-L. And he is, weirdly, the original artist of the Warlord book from the 1970s. Which would explain why I don't remember it. There you go. Um, he was born in 1947. He's like, mid-70s right now. Oh, crazy. crazy. So... Huh. Well, that would explain that. That's pretty cool. They threw him in here. Yeah. But yeah, he basically does the backstory. And it's all new art, so that's pretty cool that they got him to come in and do that. That's cool, yeah. But he did... He kind of looked at the back of issue number 13, and he did pages 4 through 7 and 16, so... So like the flashback stuff for when he's explaining his origin to Connor... Teaching him not to feel lost because you are where you are, I guess, is what the, we're supposed to learn from that. So as they're getting ready to fight lizard men. Right. I'm telling Connor, like, don't be a sissy. You introduce, like, they talk about Wonder Girl, the Wonder Twins, Ginny Hex, Amethyst, Teen Lantern, Dial H for Hero, which I still don't know, like, what those guys are all about. So, like, it kind of bugs me. Because, like, when I read this, like, I don't really know that much about those guys. They're just, like, two teenagers with, like, a, a red telephone. Right. Well, the phone is the dial, and when you use the dial, it gives you random powers or whatever powers the dial is assigned to the number you dial. So you basically hit it, and it propagates a batch of powers, and then whoever's driving the boat, whether it be him or her, drives the boat. So basically the two of them, at this point, merge together and form whatever hero it is with the different powers mismatched. So they're all hanging out. Tim, Impulse, Cassie... Ginny, Wonder Twins, Amethyst. She has, as the group's all together, hang out at the at base of the truck, or yeah, her jeep. Um, the 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 twins have a sensor thing with them to track uh, crypto tracheon um, energy, and it starts sort of picking up a spike, which at one point they think it's coming from Naomi, maybe, but it. As that's happening, it's causing the phone, the dial, to freak out. And no one understands why it's happening. And Miguel, the the phone full-on like, starts flying, shooting out red sparks everywhere. And he's like, oh my god, something's causing it to freak out. And so Team Green pulls up a bubble and basically traps them all inside of it, which if it's going to explode, it's a terrible idea. But that's what she does. And it sort of settles things down, or Teen Lantern is the one that encases them. And... The whole time, Connor, the, while this is happening, Drake's telling, well, telling Impulse that they need they need some more help, and so Impulse is like, "I'm on it," and he runs off, and then the dial itself sort of subsides, and we flash back over to Connor and Warlord, basically fighting lizard people still, 
And we get some more of that, and we get a little more flashback for Warlord. And uh, battle-wise, as that progresses, all of a sudden the big bad for Warlord shows up. And it's the green... Mel... I don't know how to say that his name. Green something. I can't remember what it is. Manaleshi? Manaleshi. So Green Manaleshi shows up, and he's basically a dude in a hood with a crazy green sword. Well... It turns out this green sword is made of kryptonite. The other thing that Connor has problems with. And uh, he's there to kill Warlord. And then Connor just happens to be in the way. So that's a problem. Um, so the battle, basically the big bad shows up to kill Warlord. And now Warlord's got to worry about taking care of himself. And Connor, who now has gone from this bruiser to being unable to do anything. Well, maybe not unable to do anything. But being affected by the Kryptonian blade. Which... Not Kryptonian, the Kryptonite Blade. Which is crazy. I mean, like, who would have known a dude was going to have a sword like that? Well, it turns out that maybe he got the sword from somebody else. Which eventually it's revealed that, yeah, he did. He got the sword from uh, one Dr. Glory. Who's a constant pain in mostly Connor's backside. Which is also crazy. Um, but as the, the we return back to the team, they've sort of made a plan of what they're going to do. And they're flying through the air. Right. They're flying through the air with the... They say there's no way Dr. Glory is going to expect this. And of course, they've got the invisible jet and like the truck being pulled through the air by Cassie and Green Team Lantern and... Naomi. And Naomi. So like, as far as a frontal, frontal assault's concerned, yeah, there's no way she's going to expect the invisible jet. I mean, that's crazy. Let alone this whole handful of heroes, including... Dial H and the Wonder Twins and just like things you can never plan for. So in the Invisible Jet, you have the Wonder Twins, Dial H for Hero, and Tim. Right. Right? And then in the truck, Ginny Hex's truck that continues to play a part in this whole series, you have her and Amethyst in the truck, and then you have Teen Lantern on the roof with like two like, with like a vice type, like holder device with her power Power, power glove, glove. ring, yeah. And then you have Cassie's holding one side, like the two of them are pulling it. And then the Naomi, the other one. <clears throat> so they're like flying together. And Tim's texting Bart. He's like, Bart's like, where are you? Because te- he's like, text me where you guys are going, so I know where I'm going. And he's like, um, he's like, are you with her? Is she there? And he's just like, hold on, geez. And then it just like, Bart runs up, and this is when this episode ends, this issue ends, and it's Aqualad. It's, um, Stephanie Brown. Spoiler. Which has been like, the whole, this whole series, it's like him been trying to get a hold of her. Ever since they turned back up in regular reality, I think think actually since episode or issue one, he's been trying to get a hold of her. It's possible, yeah. He might have been, yeah. Um, then you have Arouette. And sideways, sideways. So four new characters to the team. I mean, new Aqualad's not really new. Arrowette's not really new. Arrowette's actually part of the original Young Justice series from back in the nineties. The eighty-nine series. She was the Archer girl with the basically cheerleader skirt. So the only two that were never really part of Young Justice in any form at all would be Spoiler and Sideways. Aqualad was part of Young Justice, but he was part of Young Justice through, like, the animated cartoon series. So not really the comic books? So anyway, at this point, even if you include Connor... Right. 
You have 16 members of Young Justice freaking right now, crazy. Which is going to be a really big it's crossover. A huge, yeah, it's a huge team. As far as characters are concerned, yeah, there's a lot. We haven't seen Sideways in a fair minute. I mean, his series ended. He's Good, because be, it was a terrible series. No, it wasn't. It was tor- no, whole, no. so terrible. That's not true. That's not true at all. Sideways, power set-wise, he's like a mixture of Nightcrawler and Spider-Man. Yeah. And, like, his series wasn't bad. The art it was, was basically great. written just like Spider-Man. Yeah. And it was really boring because it's been done a million times. Oh, my God. You didn't even read Sideways, did we you? We did. We covered the book in this in this show. We, we might have. And I said that I didn't like it then. Yeah. Whether you, whether you liked it then or not, it, it wasn't a bad book. It really it was. wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a, along with the other new, like, the new DC stuff with... Uh, the New Era of Heroes? Yeah. I'll give you half of them. Ended and we're just okay. Wasn't there great. just three of them? No. No, we had Damage, Sideways, Silencer, um, Curse of Brimstone, Terrifics. Well, Brimstone's old. No, this was a totally different character. Huh. Not, not, no. Um, the, shoot, there's two more, two more of them in there. The Unexpected and the Eternal, Eternal Men? Eternal, shoot, Eternal Men. It was the one Jim Lee was supposed to do the art for, and then he only did most of the first issue, and then took forever to come out, so it didn't last super long. Eternal, I think it was Eternal Men. Anyway, there was a whole slew of different things. Of the group of them, Sideways was was probably the best of the group, actually. That doesn't say that. Other is, than the that doesn't mean that it's not good. Trifix was good, too. And actually, Trifix well, is the, still going. But the Trifix so. wasn't new characters, though. They're all no, old they were. characters. That's that's the reason, because they're, they're old characters. They were the Fantastic Four with no Fantastic Four book happening at the time. It was uh, Plastic Man, Mr. Trifix. Adam, um... No, not Adam. Uh, what's the... Metamorpho, that. Phantom Girl, and... Not Adam Strange... Adam, uh, Adam Strong? No. Tom Strong? Tom Strong, there you go. Man, that was a minute to figure out. Anyway, doesn't matter. Sideways is cool, whether you like him or not, I'd, whatever. But yeah, as far as a group of characters, it, we, and we haven't seen Aqualad in a whole lot of stuff either. Stephanie at least got some time in Detective and has been bouncing around a batch of other books. And Arrowette, we haven't seen her at all either. Like, this would be the first time we saw her in New 52. Granted, she wasn't around a lot after Young Justice in the first place. And you eventually got that story with Speedy, which was similar. Mia, character-wise, they were similar characters, but they weren't the same character. So, yeah, Arrowette basically was in Young Justice, and then after that we didn't see her again until now, which is crazy. And that will lead us to issue 14, which 14 is where the whole game gets together to do things. Um... It, it, it's yeah, and we get we get a few more answers in there and a cool couple of reunion pieces. Um, but that one we'll go and let's go and stop with this one. The only thing I want to mention from the next issue, the whole costume thing. There's a point where Stephanie and Tim finally get to interact, and she's like, "I don't know about that costume," which I thought was hilarious because the brown costume is so weird. It is very. It's very like a um, military. It is, which I mean, attack. Like no, no cape. It's right. like no, it's just yeah. It's just very like yeah. It's it's weird. Very for, tactical, like you said, for a Robin. It's yeah. It's it's yeah. Way more, way more. Yeah, way more tactical, I guess. Which I mean, sort of makes sense considering, but 
I don't know if I like that part of it. Anyway, but she makes mention of that too. She like she doesn't she likes the name just fine, but she's like that costume. Mm, I don't know about that, which I thought was hilarious. Anyhow, um, yeah, as far as series are concerned, Young Justice has been great. I mean, on a on a scale sliding. I mean, if I was going to score the series, man, I don't know. Like a four and a half, it's great. Like, even with the shift in art in the last few books, which makes sense considering half it's happening in another world, and the other stuff is flashback for a character from the freaking 70s. So, like, the art kind of jumping around, as long as you're paying attention to what's happening, it makes sense. The flashbacks are done with the classic art for Warlord. The... Other world for Warlords done with the other artists, so you can differentiate between what's happening with Young Justice. So it's on purpose, which is awesome. I don't mind it. No, yeah, it's, it makes perfect sense. It does make sense when you read it. It flows. Right. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's one of my go-to books right now. Like, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm only reading four books regularly right now. Right. So this is only one of the four. I'm reading the new, the Grant Morrison Green Lantern series, which has been a little, like they like kind of a highs with the dark stars, like three part, like, but then like they're back at it. And then mm-hmm. I'm reading Usagi ever since, um, IDW took over, which has been great cause it's in color. And then, um, this and then guardians, but guardians is like, I mean, I think what's only issue three, three or four guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. So I'm like, um, I mean, but that's it. Right. So as a normal thing, uh, well, I've, pile of other books past or separate than that, but it's just a totally different amount of time. Um, Series-wise, do you have a score for what's going on in that series? I go to five. I love it. Okay. I loved it when it first came out, and like I like what they're... I, I like that it's it's doing its own thing, but it's... I mean, it's kind of touching on the other stuff, but it's like not... Like, you don't... You, you don't I didn't have to read anything else to like think that there's a good story. Right. I'm sure there'd be a little bit more backstory to certain different things, but... Well, Wonder Twins has their own book... Amethyst's new book just started, so it doesn't necessarily connect to what's happening here other than, like, ironing out her as a character. It started... Uh, this jump started her, though, before yeah, her book started. They did a run with her before during New 52, and it was okay, but they ended up a, a better series, Just League International, to do Amethyst, and I don't know if that was the best choice. The art was great in it. The story was okay, but International was just a lot better, so... As far as her re-emerging, she makes sense with these characters because of the age they made her. But if you haven't read the Amethyst series, you you won't be at a loss. You'll be fine. Dial H, I do kind of wonder if it leads to this. But if you've never seen Dial H, that part is confusing. It's understandable. That's the only part that I don't know what's right. going on is Dial H for Hero. Yeah. And maybe we'll get a backstory from them in the next two issues or something because I've kind of done that, jumping back and forth. Like, Warlord gets a whole explanation in two books, so... Maybe it will be somewhere from Dial H. Maybe they won't. There is a whole mini series for him. That's a, I think a twelve part. I think. I feel like just wrapped up actually. Anyhow, um, as a thing, not a new character either. Dial H existed back in the eighties. Um, I didn't necessarily read it then either. It was a Vertigo book, and it wasn't one I paid attention to. But it might have been good. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to know that. But it was a different main character, so it was somebody else using the dial. But yeah, as far as the story, like I said, give it four and a half. It's great. Um, I love that Pat Gleason started the series off. Pat, amazing artist. Tim's, all these guys on this book have been great. So art-wise, it's, it's fantastic. Um, story-wise, Bendis is killing it. Like, dude knows how to write young characters. So. It's good, man. Good stuff. 
Yeah. Always just dig it. Um, I feel like he. I feel like he's. It's it's been all over the place, but in a like, it's very orderly chaos. Oh sure. Well, with like the jumping through the worlds and how we mix and match between the two teams. At first, I thought we were gonna get like another Exiles book, basically. Just, oh yeah. That's what I thought we were gonna get, which is like them jumping, jumping, and jumping, and jumping, and jumping forever. And they didn't. Like it went back to regular. Which so like, he's he's not just he's not just re redoing it right like, re rebranding something yeah from, yeah which I loved Exiles it was a good book and it made sense for that because you could just like put different members of the X teams all the time in different realities mm-hmm. and it's like if one of them dies you just get a new blink from a new reality or whatever and it made sense but like and it was good I liked it but and you got like what's his name who was like basically morph. No, well, you had morph for, finally for the first time, like, but right. like, but you had like the guy that was like kind of Wolverine, but kind of not, and like, oh, the bigger saber tooth. There is a yeah, they have like, magical cool characters. But, yeah, in there. He, the guy that like, wild child. I think that's the one you're talking about. He's like no, Wolverine, but there was the, the main the main guy character that was like like Blink's boyfriend who could like had claws and stuff like Wolverine, but he could take other people's powers. Oh yeah, morph. Uh, no, not morph. Morph would just no. This is mimic. Oh, Mimic. Yeah, Morph had no face. Well, Morph, Morph is from a X-Men animated series, and they kind of put him into this book friendly, I think. Yeah, it's Mimic. That's who you're talking about. He had the batch of the original X-Men character of powers. Yeah. He used to mimic, if you were in a certain range of him, he could mimic your powers. And then he managed to match them all together, and then he got stuck that way. Yeah. Anyway, that's who it is, Mimic. But anyway, that, that's what this, I thought this, that's where I thought this book was going, and it didn't go with that. Direction completely. It kind of did, but it kind of didn't, which yeah. I thought was cool. That just, it didn't. just for a minute. Um, I love it. I think it's great. Like, I love all these characters. I love Tim Drake. I love Impulse. Love Connor Kent Superboy. You know, like, I just, I'm, I'm into those guys. I think it's great. Like, I think Teen Lantern, I think she's cool. I think it's a new, a new spin on, like, they, they never really, that's one of the things that they never really had when Young Justice was, was, was a young Green Lantern. Yeah, no, they didn't. Because usually you have to be like, an established human being or an established being to be a Green Lantern. You have to be chosen by the ring. Right. And this one, she just kind of like took it from some guy who probably stole it. <laughs> probably. It, was, it was probably a pirate of some sort that like took the power pack and the, you know, it was probably some sort of like black oh, yeah. market definitely stole weapon it. sales. And the only reason he had a Green Lantern suit on is because like when you put it on, like that's what happens. It kind of makes one. Yeah. I mean, the lantern ring itself produces whatever it's costume you're going to have, and her suit is kind of Green Lantern-y too, kind of. But she made it her but own. As a kid, so yeah. like hers looks different, just like Kyle's look different, so just like Guy's looks different, and he's the only one with the weird jacket. That's because the suit builds to the person that's using it, so. I think, I, I eventually, if they did some like mini-series with her, with Guy, I think it'd be cool, like, oh, yeah. she, she finally has to meet the Guardians, and they're like, well... Okay, you can keep it, kind of thing, and like, but you have to take on a mentor, and like, guys, like, I'll take her, and like, guy finally has to like man up a little bit and like be like responsible for something. It'd be kind of a cool book. Yeah, it'd be pretty neat. I just wrote it. Somebody needs to take that and run with it. <laughs> You're welcome. <sighs> you heard it here first, issue okay. one, there episode one thirty six. Right. <laughs> awesome. Um. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Did you? Lesson of the day. What'd you learn today, Josh? Um, I learned that you could be fine in another dimension as long as there's no kryptonite swords. That's definitely true. <laughs> uh, so what did I learn today? 
What did you learn today? Um, you learned who that one guy was that like drew Warlord. Oh yeah, the old guys from the seventies. I don't even remember the names of. Yeah, we got it already. This is a true thing that I learned. I was I was hoping it'd be more like don't get caught in a junkyard with stolen Green Lantern tech because then you get shot. But you know whatever. No, that's like that's that's too many issues ago. That's a good point. I did read that a while ago. <laughs> anyway, um, books to watch, Josh. At this point, with the world frozen, I mean, I got a couple of suggestions. They're going to be supposed to be doing a Batman the animated series continues, which uh, I think that'll be fantastic. I and mean, we did kind of mention that earlier when we were talking about the Kevin Conroy read through. So if that happens, that's amazing. The series itself is a mini series. They're actually doing a batch of new figures designed like the modern version of the animated series figures. So, like a Deathstroke who's never in the cartoon series, uh, Red Red Hood, Bat Who Laughs, which is weird. Um, but all of them are going to take place in the new continued cartoon animated book. Uh, so the 12-part provide that doesn't change with the COVID killing everything. Um, I think that book will be awesome to see, just because it's, it's the original guys doing the book. It's great. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, heavy metal when we get to it finally. I'm sure that'll still happen because it's the two biggest guys for Batman that DC's got in the caliber right now. I mean, it's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. It's a return to metal just with a different spin, different characters. I think it'll be great. A couple of test pages of art for it look just awesome. I mean, metal is crazy, so heavy metal's got to be great, right? So I'm pretty stoked for both of those. Um, as far as like other series are concerned, uh, there's a batch of stuff coming out from Image. Uh, well, okay, supposed to be coming out from Image. That should be really neat. Um, a series called Decorum Issue 1 came out of it. It's, uh, I, I dig it. The art's a little crazy. It's, uh, oh gosh, Jonathan Hickman's writing it. Um, I think it probably was originally a different book that he was supposed to put out two years ago called Frontier. But whether that's the truth or not, I mean, only Hickman knows, I guess. I mean, the artist probably. Probably the artist knows, too. Doesn't matter. Anyway, decorum, cool. Um, Josh, any books to watch? Um, the stuff you're reading normal? Yeah. Like, I mean, I already said what I was reading, so. Right. So you're good? Yeah, man. All right. Besides that, um, don't forget to take a listen, not listen, just take a watch to um, CBSMI's new um, YouTube show, Action Figure Deconstruction. Yep. We, um, as of this point, when you when this comes out, we have five episodes up on YouTube. Um, four. The fifth one's not out yet, but next week it will be, so probably by the time you listen to this, it'll be out there. That's what I'm saying. By the time this yeah. comes out, it we should can. be out, and if not, like probably same day-ish, right around the same minute. Um, either, But anyway, there'll be at least four episodes, probably five up. Um, they're all on YouTube. They're all, the link to all of them is on top5comics.com. Right. Um, you the, the top of comics pod, or top of comics podcast.com. The fourth, no, fifth choice is top five comics on YouTube. That's the link that goes to it. So it's there, uh, along with our other podcast, never been done podcast and links to this podcast, which if you're listening now, you should already know where that is. Or if you just go on YouTube and type in action figure deconstruction. That'll come, bring it up too. It'll be the first thing that comes up in all five, ep- four episodes currently that are up or five that will be they're like that's just all the yeah, they're all linked so, together yeah um also follow us on instagram at action figure deconstruction i am at wendell 24 right at, uh, at top five comics cbs 
Um, also, oh, and there's also, um, if you like video game stuff, uh, Ant-Man 2050, that's Rob's, uh, video game channel, so, if you like video game walkthroughs, he does those, also on YouTube, so, we're getting a lot more stuff on YouTube, it's crazy, because you can actually find the Nerdman in a podcast on YouTube as well, so. Yeah. Most of our episodes are on there. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. On, um, a separate, a separate channel called Valley Transmissions. Oh, there's that too. Which we're trying to like have one that like multiple people that we know have their own pages, but put them on one massive page to like kind of like link everything together. Right. Kind of like the uh, diamond distribution without the uh, corruption. Yeah, I don't want to say the necessarily <laughs> corrupt, but I'm just saying. I'm I just mean, joking. Just without a, the monopoly. There you go. That's a better way to do it. But you know, whoever wins monopoly though, ultimately are, is corrupt. Like no matter who wins. I usually win. But but ultimately, whoever oh, so wins... What you're saying is I'm corrupt. I've won multiple Maybe. times. and Against me? No. Whenever you win, you end up being corrupt somehow. Okay. I you mean, know? I don't, no. To everybody else. And I'm not saying... I, I usually tell you I don't want to play because then I'll win. Yeah, but not... But I'm not saying that like you are. <laughs> I'm just saying that like no, I feel to like everyone else I playing, feel. you oh, seem yeah. corrupt. There you go. That's the case. That is definitely the case. But yeah, just check out all the socials. Follow, like, love, follow, click, share, share, yeah, all those things. It, it really helps us out because, like, I mean, we do this for nothing. Like, we put in lots of hours for this, and so especially during this time when there's not much else going on, right? Shows to listen to, shows to watch, things to do is is going to make a big deal. So, like, thank you for listening. We yeah. appreciate it. Other than that, man, I think is it the key? Nope. Man, I'm gonna have to get you a DVD. Over Never there. having it. Came in rider. Tiki! The Power Rangers. I'm gonna have to make some more of this. Cowboy!